Welcome back to Legacy, a mom podcast. I'm Tina. I'm here with Brittany. Hey, Britt. Hello. We are here to help you uh, change your legacy for the better. We're all leaving a legacy. Have you thought about yours? So uh, Britt and I have been talking about, actually, I was talking to Britt and I, I get, um, there's analytics when you have a website. And so I have a website, as you know, raisingkidsonyourknees.org. And I write a blog and on my blog, one of the biggest pages that gets hits over there is a blog, the post that I wrote about finding your mommy voice. And it's so mm. funny because month after month, that's the one that gets the most hits. And so I thought, let's talk about finding your mommy voice. I'm so, big on this. And I, I know you are. I know. You raised me. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I mean by a mommy voice. That's that voice that's not the sing-songy, oh, it's okay. And it's a, that's the voice that when you speak that voice, your children know you're serious. Like if I have that mm -hmm. voice, like if that voice comes out of me now, all four of you are like, uh-oh. Like we need to pay attention. <laughs> yeah. And so it's that it's a firm, but it's a loving voice. And it's that voice of command that, you know what? Mommy's in control and you need to listen to what mommy's saying. It's actually, you know, Chip Ingram does the best job with this in his teaching on effective parenting in a defective world. And he mm -hmm. talks a lot about the importance of your children learning to come under the sound of your voice. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is, is if I'm taking my little two or three year old Susie for a walk, and little Susie is about ready to run out in front of a car coming down the street, I should be able to say, stop, and little Susie stops. Mm -hmm. that's, that's coming under the sound of your voice. And it's critically important because when they're about ready to get hit by a car, you don't have time for negotiations or to explain why. Mm -hmm. And I, and we're living in a world right now where there are some parenting things going on out there where they're telling you that there should be no authority. Like you shouldn't be over right. your children. And yeah. it's, this is scary. It's, it's so very scary. scary. And you want to know why you want to know who's, who's whispering that the enemy doesn't want your kids to come under the authority of your voice, because if you want them to come under the authority of God's voice, then they need to first learn to come under the authority of your voice. That, yeah. So of course the enemy is going to step in and do everything he can to keep parents from doing what they need to do from finding their mommy voice or from following through a discipline so that they just later in life don't listen to any authority including god's authority and and you're exactly right that's the scheme of the enemy is to teach our kids that they don't have to come under any authority at mm -hmm. all and we're seeing generations of that starting to rise up and people who have a hard time holding a full-time job because they won't come under the authority of their boss have a hard yeah. time in society because they just want to break the rules and don't understand why they get arrested or get stopped or right. or whatever and so that's the importance of it and that's how it changes a legacy you know i, I find for me okay so i'm going to go back and i'll share why was this so hard for me in the beginning because i remember when you were little and you're my strong-willed mm -hmm. child and we've not been quiet about that everybody knows yeah. and <laughs> 
And so, and you've been so gracious to let us talk about that. I was that mom that I wouldn't correct you. Like you didn't fall under the sound of my voice. You just did whatever you wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. I was afraid of correcting you because I was afraid if I made you mad at me, then you were going to be mad at me forever. And when you grew up, you would hate me. Mm -hmm. And until somebody looked at me and said, no, Tina, that's a lie. The truth is, is if you don't give her firm boundaries and teach her to come under the sound of the authority of your voice, then she will grow up to hate you. And it's not just my voice. Mm -hmm. It's those enforced boundaries that here's the box and strong-willed children are constantly pushing on the fence. Are the boundaries here? Are the boundaries here? Are you going to be big enough to enforce those boundaries? And children whose boundaries are unenforced are children who are very miserable. I see it all the time. Yeah. And they're very, because they're insecure. They don't feel the love. They don't feel the security. God loves us so much that he disciplines us. He disciplines his children. Mm -hmm. We should be disciplining our children because we love them so much. Right. You know, if if we if we don't discipline them and and we're we're lacking there and we're just letting them walk all over us or getting away with this that and the other constantly, then we set them up for failure to pave a path of destruction as they grow into adults. Mm-hmm. So if we want to set them up for dis- success and to disciple them well, then we have to discipline them well. That's right. Gentle parenting's out there. I'm going to pick on that one for a minute because that that's mm-hmm. the big one right now. And mm-hmm. the premise in that, there's there's two sides of it. There's one side of it that, yes, you do have to discipline your children. And, and we mm-hmm. need to be as gentle as we can be when we can be, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's right, the other right. side of gentle parenting that's like, I'm just going to let them do whatever they want to do. Because the whole premise, and even though one might be a little better than other, the overarching issue with that is that you're you're taking away the authority. You're not, a, you know, they say right. you shouldn't be over your child. Well, that totally usurps what the Bible says, that children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Mm-hmm. You well, know, we have to teach them to be obedient first. That doesn't right. just happen right away. Your well, kids don't, no. they don't come out just obedient to you. So if we're following through with scripture and we're walking in truth, it starts with them, te- us teaching them to be obedient to us. That's right. They have to be taught. And and going, like what, bringing that up, what you're saying is, is that you're going back to our children are born spiritually dead. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're born, they have this flesh, they have their sin nature fully intact when they come out of the womb. I mean, think about it. I don't have to teach my kids how to do bad stuff. They just automatically know how to do that. They are not (laughs) going to automatically come out of the womb going, okay, I need to listen to these. Now, there's always those kids like Mark. He was the obedient one on the outside, but I would be (laughs) telling him to sit down and he'd be standing up on the inside. And he knew that. I remember saying that to him once. He's like, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I can see it in your face. But there's those one, there's more compliant children, right? You have that trick child, usually the first one. They're pretty compliant. They do what you ask them to do. They still live within the boundaries. They're, you know, in the rules. And then the next thing you know, you have 
child number two or three and they're all over they're like wild children right and you're constantly yeah. corralling them into disciplining them into the that obedience and living within the boundaries and all of that stuff and it's exhausting so i think it's twofold yeah. i think number one parents are afraid to be an authority in their children's lives because the enemy's told them that they'll hate them I think and let that, me tell you, like you said, it is a lie to believe a lie from the enemy to believe that they are going to grow up to hate you if you are not an authority in their life and that if you discipline them. Let me tell you something. I would resent and be so angry with you and Rod right now if you guys didn't stand firm on boundaries and discipline me the way that you did all the time, consistently. You were on me consistently. You were never angry and punishing me out of anger. You always disciplined me out of love. I felt the love from your discipline. It wasn't like you were sitting there, you know, saying, it's okay, sweetie. That's not okay. We don't do that. You were firm. Oh, you were firm. I got, I mean, there was the raising of the voice all of the time, all of the things, and they were so necessary. And every single one of you, you might not have the same discipline, the, the same way that you discipline one kid as the other kid. Right. You know, you might have two very different kids. Mm -hmm. My children, they're very different. So I have to figure them out differently. One works one way for one kid and one works another way for another kid. Don't compare your children and do not compare your parenting styles to what everyone else is doing. You mm -hmm. need to parent your children the way that the Holy Spirit is leading you to parent your children. Do yeah. not get distracted by, by what everyone else is doing and by the what the world is saying that you should be doing. You need to be following the Holy Spirit. Thank you Man, for being- Man, get my soapbox. <laughs> uh, yeah, on a soapbox today. You know, thank you for saying that though, Britt, because I, it's good for parents to hear your side of the story. I mean, I yeah. can sit here and talk all day and say, yeah, we had to really stand firm with her and we had to impo impose boundaries and it was hard and there were hard times and there were times when you were really mad at us and, you know, but at the end of the day, I had to stand before God with clean hands and clear conscience that I was parenting you the way that I did. But, but we did not do this well. And I have said this before and I'll say it again. We as baby boomer parents owe the millennial generation an apology because we didn't get it right. And mm -hmm. the only reason that I was able to sort of get it right with you, and I'm not saying I was 100% correct in everything that we did, is because I had another parent who was teaching me how to do this, that was standing mm -hmm. next to me going, you have to stand firm, you have to have boundaries, you have to be consistent, you have to do all these things. But I want to apologize to the millennial generation because we as parents, we didn't do it right. And mm -hmm. if there was spanking, which I do believe is biblical, by the way, mm -hmm. um, but when done right. And I think so right. many times it was done wrong. And so we get out of that gentle parenting and we get mm -hmm. people who are afraid that it was done wrong there and it did all this damage. That let me tell you, if you raise your children the way the Bible tells you to raise your children biblically, they're going to mm -hmm. be fine but you yeah. have to you have to learn you have to get in i one of the i mentioned it before chip ingram's effective parenting in a defective world he unpacks this so well i'll link it up in the show description i highly encourage you to go over youtube and listen there's four sessions they're about an hour each but they are so good and i wish i had had that when you guys were little but mm -hmm. i did have people like aunt patty and aunt diane all these people that were standing behind me and rod you have to be consistent you have to be consistent but mm -hmm. i think the other problem is in our culture is we're lazy as parents we get lazy oh, yeah. why because parenting a strong-willed child is exhausting 
It yeah. is exhausting, but I found it to be less exhausting when I said, here are the boundaries, here are the consequences, you broke the rules, and then I imposed the boundaries. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. it's less exhausting when you're on top of it. It's exhausting when I give you chance after chance after chance after yes. chance, and then I blow I my top. And my mm -hmm. lid goes flying, and I'm screaming, and I'm yelling, and you're crying, and it's just, there's no peace left in our house. But mm -hmm. for me as a parent, I can't be lazy about that. Think about yeah. it. When Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve were in the garden, God put them there. It was the perfect place for them. He created them for that place. He created that place for them. And he said, you can do anything you want. They have one wrong choice. Don't eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And mm -hmm. Satan comes slithering along and he deceives Eve and deceives Adam. They eat. Because he said, if you eat of that tree, then there's a consequence to that. And as soon as they did, he came, he covered their sin, which, by the way, is a picture of Jesus Christ's blood that covers our sin. Hallelujah. He mm. came, he covered their sin, that he drove them out of the garden. Now, mm. that is not a picture to me of them sauntering out. Okay, God, <laughs> we'll just go on out of this place. That This wasn't a window. conversation. And it wasn't a conversation. He no. drove them out, which means yeah. they went kicking and screaming. And yeah. there are times in Hebrews, it says no discipline is pleasant at the time, but later produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. That's in Hebrews 12. Guys, it's not pleasant for the mom who has to impose the discipline either. It's no. not pleasant. Do you think God enjoyed having to kick out Adam and Eve out of the garden? No, he didn't. He created it for them. But he said there's a consequence and he followed through the first time. He didn't say, oh, I didn't expect there to be a serpent to come and do that. Let me give mm -hmm. you a second chance. He said, no, you're out. I gave you a yeah. chance. You had one yeah. wrong choice. You chose the one wrong choice and that's it. Yeah. And then he he cursed the ground and he cursed the serpent and he imposed judgment on Adam and Eve. And that's why Jesus came to rescue us from that. Mm -hmm. But when we as parents do not take our position and authority and we usurp that, our children pay the price for that. And that's yeah. where our legacy gets all messed up. Mm -hmm. This yeah. affects our legacy huge. So my mom voice is probably what this one sounds like right now. Because yeah. it's, it's very... <laughs> it's, we've given perfect examples of our mom voice. <laughs> yes. You know, it's that firm. You have to be firm. The kids who flourish the best in life are children who have parents who are firm, but loving, authoritative, yeah, think, but loving. And I think going back to what you were saying about, you know, having God didn't like stand there, have a conversation with Adam and Eve about what they did and, and talk about it. No, he drove them out. So many times as parents or as mothers, we are just constantly threatening to do something and not following through. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's because it might be inconvenient for us and we don't want to inconvenient our, inconvenience ourselves. Well, now we're just, instead of a momentary inconvenience, we are setting our kids up for, like I said, a path of destruction down the road. You, we have to follow through. If we're going to stand there and we're going to say, listen, if you don't straighten up and act right and target, we are leaving. Mm -hmm. If you just keep telling them that as they're mm -hmm. throwing a hissy fit down the aisle, they're, they know you're not going to follow through with it. If you never follow through, mm -hmm. you have to follow through. You, you have do. to just leave the car and walk out. 
and do whatever, even if it's inconvenient for you. And the thing is, is if your child isn't afraid to do it again, they're 100% going to do it again. Just like we need to have a healthy fear of the Lord, our kids need to have a healthy fear of their parents. And part of having a fear of the Lord is his sovereignty and, and all that he is. And knowing that when we make bad choices, there are consequences. Mm -hmm. So our kids need to know this too. They do. And and so many parents, I hear this all the time, just want to be your friend. Well, guess what? If you need an eight-year-old to be a friend, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but I don't need eight-year-old friends. I don't even need 15-year-old friends. I need friends that are my age or Mm -hmm. older. I don't get to be my kid's friend. You know when I get to be your friend? I got to be your friend when you were paying your own bills and had your own roof over your head. When you were lived under my roof, I had to be mom. Yeah. I had to Listen, be mom. If you don't want your kids doing whatever they're doing in public, then don't let them do it in your house. Yeah. Discipline that's a them. big one. I see that a lot with parents who like, I can't take my kids to restaurants. They don't know how to behave. Well, do you sit at the do table you- at home? <laughs> Because yeah, if do you, you let them get away t- with it at home? Right. Because if you're sitting at the table at home and they're not getting away with being crazy at home, then they're going to sit at a restaurant and not be crazy. Well, why would you expect I mean, it any really, different? It's just that simple. But we we have to step into our place as parents. I ha- do. I remember saying to you, look, I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. I have to be your mm-hmm. mom. And, and saying that several times as you were growing yeah. up. I remember what really got my attention one time. I was at a friend's house. Nancy Nancy is her name. She's a tiny little thing, like 4'11", right? I'm 5'6". <laughs> she's so tiny. She's super <laughs> tiny. And um, her children were your, your age and Mark's age. And so we did a lot of play stuff together. I'd go hang out with them. I was single parenting at the time. And I remember me, you were little, you were like mm-hmm. one and a half or two, probably Madden's age. And I told you not to go out the front door and you proceeded to go out the front door. Of course I and, did. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't even know what I said. I'm like, don't go out the front door. Or we're going home. And you'd go out the front door and I'm like, get back in here. And little Nancy, well, do you think she's going to listen if you don't follow through on what you said? Mm-hmm. That's a good friend, guys. And I went, oh, it got my attention. And my parenting started turning around. Look, I don't care where you are in your parenting. It's never too late. I really Mm want to encourage you moms. It's never too late. Now, is it going to be hard? Yeah, because kids generally learn discipline zero to five. That's what Chipping will tell you. Zero to five is where you're laying that ground of discipline. And I remember... When Mila was little and we we were at Mark and Tanya's at a party and she went mm-hmm. to reach for something and you said, Mila, no. And she moved and she walked away from it. And I went, mm-hmm. whoa, good mom voice there, Brett. You know, and I commended you for that. She isn't always like that, but she, right, she's the, a kid for the most part. She is when you say yeah. no, she's she's like, OK, and no yeah. needs to be no is a Christian word, by the way. We all need yeah. to learn to exercise that. God our... said no. God says no to me all the time, <laughs> pretty much daily. Right. But if you, no. if you had a parent that didn't tell you no, and then God tells you no, do you think that you would follow what God's saying? Absolutely not. And that is the ultimate goal. And that's what we need to mm-hmm. remember when we're finding our mom voice, our mom voice, you've heard our mom voices here because we've gotten passionate. This is my mom voice. I am telling you, moms, 
You mm -hmm. have to find your mom voice. You have to find the way you've got to talk to your kids so that they fall under the sound of your voice. That when you say stop, they stop to this day. When I'm out with you guys shopping, like as adults, and I go stop, and you're like, and you stop because yeah. you've been conditioned to do that. But mm -hmm. when we don't teach our kids to come under our voice, they will never come under the voice of God. And if they eventually do, it's going to be because they've hit a wall doing a thousand miles an hour. Let me tell you, I just want to really quick touch on there are times when you can have a small conversation with your child who isn't listening. So for example, if I'm going to tell Mila, Mila, it's time to clean up your toys and get ready for bed. And she proceeds to either ignore me and sit and watch TV or says, no, it's Mila. Are we going to make a good choice? And are we going to listen to what mommy's asking you to do? Or are we going to make a bad choice? And there's going to be consequences. And then she looks at me and she says, I'm going to make good choices. And she gets right to cleaning up. That's a moment when you can have that little, it's like a learning moment. There are times when if my child ever hits anyone, ever calls anyone a name, calls me names, and is biting anyone, anything like that, that requires immediate discipline because those are unacceptable and that is completely inappropriate and completely disrespectful. That is going to require immediate, immediate attention. But what you need to find is what is going to be effective for your child. What is going to be effective discipline for your child? I remember talking to a mom one day and you know, she, her child was misbehaving in my house. And she says, like, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, what does she not like? And she said, she hates timeout. And I said, well, then I would put her in timeout. And she needs that. Yeah. And she's like, why, why that? I said, because it speaks to her. Right. She doesn't like it. It speaks to her. Right. And you have to find your child's economy. There's a lot of different ways that you can discipline your child. But at the end of the day, it's still about them coming under the sound of your voice. You stepping up your game, your parenting game, and getting a mommy voice and not being afraid to discipline your children and do what's necessary. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, you will be standing in the way of a blessing in their life and them being able to hear God down the line. Yeah. For the record, timeout works very well it does. <laughs> for a lot of kids. Yes, it does. So it's very, it, maybe very if good. you want to start there, that's a, yeah. or taking away toys. That's always been very effective with Mila. Because she yeah. loves, that's the thing. It's finding things that they love. And she loves her toys, her Minnie Mouse yeah. toys. So maybe we should, they got to go. Maybe we should do a, a podcast on effective disciplines, you know, that mm. things that work. Because there's been a lot of yeah. ideas that I've had coming down the yeah. place. Maybe we'll do that next time and, and give you guys some tips. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so, so much for this um, opportunity to speak into this. Lord, thank you that we know there's moms out there wondering, how do I have a mommy voice? How do I get my kids to listen to me? And there, there are ways, there are ways that we can teach our children that they need to be obedient to us and they need to be obedient to what we're saying. But ultimately, Lord, we want to teach them to be obedient to you and hear your voice and to listen to your voice and heed your voice. Lord, thank you so much for the work that you have done in Jesus name. Amen. Mm -hmm.